0: Everyone, welcome back to the podcast of the week of December eleventh, twenty twenty-two, and the third Sunday of Advent. And thank you for being here. Uh, Whether this is your first time listening to this podcast, so welcome, or if you've been listening to this for years, welcome back. And uh, thank you, thank you. We are in that time of year where we are uh, reflecting back, and I just want to issue my thank you to you. We know that literally. Hundreds of people listen to this podcast, and we are grateful for all of the positive feedback, uh, whether that's online or in person. If you're in person, uh, we'll continue the conversation this Sunday at Mission Hills uh, for Advent. But I just wanted to issue a uh, thank you and my gratitude to all of you out there who uh, might find this podcast somewhere along the way. All right, so this week we are in, uh, we're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 11, starting in verse two. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and to say to him, are you the one who is to come or should we wait for another? Jesus answered, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them and blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Why am I hiding behind perfection? This is a question that an exasperated Jonah Hill brought up in his recent documentary, Studs, in which he interviews his therapist over the course of two years, the thing is, Jonah Hill acknowledges that the whole endeavor feels fake because they've been pretending like it's being shot in one session. Same clothes, a week for Jonah to keep his hair cut, and a green screen instead of Stutz's therapy office. But none of it sits right with Jonah, so he calls himself out in the middle of his documentary. So as a viewer, the transparency is a bit startling at first, but at the same time, refreshing. How can you make a documentary about vulnerability and transformation by hiding behind perfection? It's interesting. Later in this particular exchange, Jonah Hill asks Stutz, How do I go deeper? Stutz interrupts him and says, There's only one way you. Hill reacts silently, scratching his left arm with a bit of an apprehensive eye roll as Stutz continues. The thing is, if you want to move forward, you can't move forward without being vulnerable. The reason is everybody needs help moving forward, and failure, weakness, and vulnerability are like a connector. It connects you to the rest of the world, because what you're giving out is a signal to the world, I need you, because I can't do this by myself. So, as probably most of you know, week three of Advent is the week of joy, but it's also the week of this lectionary text from the Gospel of Matthew that really has nothing to do with joy. Uh, It's a story of disappointment, Uh, It's a story of unrealized expectation. John is in prison, and he's getting some word about what is happening with Jesus, and whatever that is makes him question whether everything he thought about Jesus was wrong. So he sends his disciples to confront Jesus directly. Bold move. Uh, Jesus responds by quoting Isaiah, which it's interesting. It's it's similar to the two Isaiah texts that he quotes in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. But strangely, Jesus leaves out the freedom for the prisoner line. And I can't help but imagine that John is in prison waiting for Jesus to make good on this promise. Liberation for the captive. And we know that that never comes for John. So John is disillusioned. Uh, And why shouldn't he be? I think this text is often interpreted within some framework of John just not understanding Jesus as if we do, but why in his position would he not be absolutely disappointed? So I think one of our questions uh, for this week and the third week of Advent is, what do we do with our disappointments? Whether uh, we've failed to meet our own expectations or someone has let us down, this particular text gives us the opportunity to examine how we might be able to respond in the face of disappointment. I think what is brilliant about uh, this Jonah Hill documentary is that he realizes he's disappointed with the way things are going and calls it out. His willingness to be vulnerable with his disappointment and fear that perhaps two years of filming will be a waste, I think it gives us insight into how we might be able to create meaning and artful living from what many might see as weakness, vulnerability, or disappointment. We've mentioned over the last couple of weeks that one of the core invitations during the season of Advent is to wake up, to wake up, uh, to awaken to what is going on in our hearts, bodies, minds, and communities. And this invitation to do this is to is to something like to recover or uncover who we are in Christ. To awaken is to recognize both our inherent wholeness in the kingdom of God is also the inclusive work of justice in a world that is still oppressing the dignity of everyone. Uh, Last week's text, uh, John announces in the wilderness, change your hearts and lives. This is a kind of cosmic call for transformation of the whole. In some way, the kingdom of God is simply a recovery, the goodness of it all. I am not whole unless we are all whole. And Stutz calls this vulnerability, the connector. Brene Brown calls this willingness to connect the greatest measure of courage. Do we allow our disappointments to connect us deeper, deeper to ourselves and others? Can we consider this human vulnerability to be the very heartbeat of the kingdom of God? Perhaps this is why the kingdom of God looks like weakness in the face of violence and oppression, and why so many were confused and disappointed with Jesus. Because it's life force Is imperfection and vulnerability transmuted into love between strangers and enemies into family? Kingdom of God. Uh, So last week, an ambulance picked up our unhoused neighbor, Andy, who uh, many of you know has lived at the church longer than most of us have been around. So I've been going out late at night to check to see if he's there, uh, but he hasn't come back yet. And I didn't realize until the last couple of days that I was more connected to him than I realize. And I've seen him for years come and go, and he sits at the bus stop down the street. And we would exchange brief greetings, and I'd ask him if he was good, and he would say, all good. Or he would ask for a bottle of water or a blanket. Um, it wasn't perfect, uh, but it didn't need to be. Uh, we are connected. And... I hope he's back soon. And with that, we'll close for the third week of Advent. And uh, if you're around on Sunday, I'd love to see you. Uh, And with that, as always, as we approach this week, may we love God, embrace beauty, and live life to the fullest. Be well.